Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Seed Talk with Lisa and Lane. Hey Lane. Hey Lisa. Hey everybody. So we're really happy to be here with you. And this is just such an exciting time of the year. So, you know, the whole seed starting season is ahead of us and the topics are endless as Lane and I was just discussing about that. Um, but yes. friends, before we dive into what Lane has cooked up for us today to talk about, just want to remind everybody that the broadcast is brought to you by thegardenersworkshop.com, which is home base um, for everything that we love and do. And we encourage you to go over there and check it out because that's what keeps Lane and I busy during the day is over there at the Gardeners Workshop. And um, so, Lane, what have you got cooked up for us today? Well, we've gotten a lot of requests about a particular topic, and I always say we love when you give topic requests and ask and you shall receive. So we've gotten a lot of requests about Bupleurum. People are saying they've struggled a little bit with the germination, and they're also confused about how to plant successions in very early spring. So we're going to go through everything from germination tips to succession planting information all about Bupleurum. You know, there's just... If you haven't met Bupleurum, you need to go check it out. Although, I don't know if you're listening to this on a podcast app. I don't know if you guys are aware that Lane puts together a really beautiful slideshow to go along with our podcast, which you can catch over on our YouTube channel. And I'm pretty sure if you don't know what we're talking about, you're about to see some really pretty images. So oh, yes. head over to YouTube, right? Yes. All right, let's get started. Okay, so let's just talk about what Bupleurum is. So the botanical name, the full botanical name is Bupleurum rotundifolium. It has these clusters of little yellow-green flowers, these airy, wiry sort of stems, blue-green foliage. It can even be dried. It's just really beautiful top to bottom, right, Lisa? It is so very beautiful. And I will tell you, this is one of the crops that shipped in, if you're a flower farmer, the shipped-in product cannot even begin to compete um, with locally grown because it is kind of tender and light and airy. That means it doesn't ship very well. So that was a huge um, benefit for us. Yeah. And I've even talked with other fellow home gardeners that grow this in the landscape, and we all have agreed this is just such a stunning landscape plant. Yeah. As useful as it is in the cut flower world, it's so beautiful out in the landscape. And it also is a really strong reseeder if you let it go through the whole process of putting its seed heads on and dropping the seeds. And it also has a really wide window of harvest as well. Right, Lisa? True. So we cut it, start harvesting it. Um, just as about a third or so of those little yellow flowers are open right up through seed development. So that gives you several weeks that one particular stem could potentially be cut. And that's always a big bonus in my book. Yeah. And how much did you rely on Bupleurum as a filler when you were in your high production years? Oh my goodness. I mean, we literally... So you have to all understand that in our high production years, not only did we sell to 23 different florists, we had a very um, wide bouquet program. We sold a lot of mixed bouquets every single week. So that meant we were making a lot of mixed bouquets. There was this constant struggle and battle over who got the Bupleurum. You know, were we going to sell it to our florist? Or were we going to take it all to make our bouquets? And it just never seemed that we had enough. 
Um, so that was just always a really big problem. So I found a lot of ways to get as much as we could for as long as we could. And because like we're talking about, it is so useful and you can never have enough of it really. This is a good one to consider succession planting. And we recommend different planting methods depending on when you're actually sowing the seeds. So our first recommended method is going to be direct seeding. So sowing directly outdoors in the garden in the fall around six to eight weeks before your first expected fall frost based on historical averages. And Bupleurum is winter hardy to USDA zone five. So anyone in zones five and warmer can actually sow it directly outdoors in the fall. So that's zones five, six, seven, and so on. So Lisa, what are some tips for sowing directly outdoors in the fall? So the number one thing I think of is don't try to sow early because Bupleurum really needs cool conditions to actually germinate. And so I found um, that that because we, especially when you're first learning about cool season hardy annuals, you're really eager, over eager. And I find that that's a really common problem with folks. Um, secondly, Bupleurum, um, when it sprouts, it is a really thin seedling, as you can see in the image um, on the left that Lane has up. Um, those are some newly sprouted. And if you see those really thin leaves, those are the first two leaves that come up and the stem is maroon. So it is really hard to see those sprouts. So I believe that because it is a little slower to germinate than some seeds, plus it's so thin, people don't even see it when it does germinate. And then yes. it gets disturbed and they pull it out. You know what I mean? I, it just has a lot of things going against it. But for me, um, so waiting until the temperatures are actually, in fact, cooler. Um, and I, you can see that I sow it very, very thickly. I do not um, chintz on the seed at all. Um, and then just keep my eyes peeled and watch for those first sprouts. Yeah. And this can, like you mentioned, Lisa, it can take 10 to 21 days to even sprout. So that is quite a while. You do need to make sure you're keeping the seed bed moist during that entire time. And it does like cool soil, 55 to 60 degree Fahrenheit soil, which is pretty cool. And this is when we recommend covering with soil when you sow it. So make sure to cover the seeds when you're sowing them out there. And this is another one that does benefit from putting the seed in the freezer for a couple of weeks prior to sowing. I have found that to be very true. And I think that the cool, the temperature just plays such an um, essential role. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that for me, when I direct sow is to give yourself straight lines of seed sown so that it's easy to visually see where those seeds are sprouting. Um, 10 to 21 days may not seem like a long time, but it is when you're waiting for seeds to sprout. And then also I leave plenty of room between my rows, about eight to 10 inches, um, so that I can hoe the area between the sowing troughs to keep them weed free. Because I will tell you that chickweed and henbit, which are my two cool season, really vigorous weeds that grow here, germinate much quicker than Bupleurum does. Oh, yes, for sure. And I think that is a really good point you made, Lisa, that the seedlings are pretty hard to see at first because of that skinny maroon stem. And then something else that I find is a bit confusing with them is that those cotyledons, those first seed leaves that look nothing like the true leaves, 
you don't realize it's even Bupleurum coming up because they look so different and they have a really bright green color in comparison to the blue green leaves that come later on. Do you find that as well? I do. And I have learned to love the sight of those little yellower leaves. Yes, for that very reason. But they don't resemble, you know, this is, I mean, Lane, do you not find this to be true that you really have to, when you grow, if we decide to grow a flower, in addition to learning how it starts or how you should start it, when you should cut it, how you should condition it, you need to learn what the seedling looks like. I mean, I think that's yeah. a really key piece of the pie. And especially when you're talking about direct seeding, because that's where it gets really confusing. Is it a weed seed or is it something I've intentionally put there? Right. <laughs> Although planting in straight lines does tend to help with that. Yes. Planting in that straight row, which has always been my recommendation, um, just clearly defines that if you see a straight line of something you don't recognize, but there's a straight line of them, it's most likely that's what you planted there. So that yes. helps you just identify it, even though you may not know what you're looking for yet. Yes, exactly. Planting in that straight line really helps with that. And can you just describe, we've talked about this numerous times, but when you put your Bupleurum seeds in the freezer, can you just describe the process for that so that someone doesn't risk damaging their seeds by putting them in the freezer? Sure. So whenever we're storing seeds, it's always beneficial um, to store it with a desiccant pack um, because moisture and heat are what kill the vitality of seeds. And so we're putting them in cool conditions. So that's taking care of the heat part, um, but there's just humidity in the air. Um, so what I do is when we get our seeds, we pop the seeds into a Ziploc bag um, in the packet, packet and all, along with other seeds. We drop a desiccant pack in there, um, which you can find at the gardener's workshop if you don't have access to one. Um, and um, we leave it on the counter for 48 hours. That allows the desiccant to absorb any moisture that may be present inside that bag before you pop it in the freezer. Then we pop it in the freezer for a couple of weeks. And then when we take it out of the freezer, the day that we're going to, or the couple of days before we're going to actually sow the seed, we do the exact same thing, but opposite. We take it out of the freezer and lay it on the counter without opening the bag and allow the desiccant and the seeds to defrost and a little condensation will happen. The desiccant does its job. Then you open the bag and you sow your seeds. Yep. So hopefully some of those tips can help you if you've been struggling with outdoor Bupleurum germination. And as always with sowing outdoors, it is really important to sow quite a bit more seed than you actually need. Yes. Um, I think over sowing is probably, it's so hard to do it. You feel like you're wasting seeds, but you're not. It's called an insurance policy. It's called putting your seatbelt on. You don't hardly ever need it, but when you do, you do. So we over sow so you get a nice stand of plants as you see in these images. But I will also mention that for us, Bupleurum is a one and done cut. It doesn't branch for us. So I don't tend to thin it as closely as someone perhaps that might live in more Northern regions where it may actually branch for them. So over sowing um, is really a benefit and it gives you a lot of seedlings to choose from when you do ultimately thin some. How many seeds would you say you're aiming to drop per inch when you're sowing your Bupleurum? A couple, you know, I mean, and it just may, it's, it's Bupleurum, I mean, in the big picture of what we're doing, Bupleurum is a fairly inexpensive seed. 
And so I feel very generous when I'm sowing them. Um, let me tell you, there is nothing more gratifying than to walk out and have a hundred foot bed with three rows of bupleurum seedlings an inch tall. And you can look and see almost every inch has a seedling um, and yeah. or two. And that's what I'm aiming for. And I think that's what I held back from doing the first many years as a flower farmer. I was putting like a seed every six inches and then wondered why I didn't get a good stand. I thought I was doing what you're supposed to, but in fact, that's not how, that's perhaps the end result for some people, but that's not how it starts. Yeah. And then remember that even if it looks like you're going to have way too many plants, they have such a wide window of harvest that you can make use of stuff that maybe you wouldn't think you'd be able to. Exactly. I mean, and so I'm glad you said that. What's going through my mind when this stand of plants, which is on the right, which that's probably Bupleurum, I would say that's been fall planted and we're probably in March or April, you know, it's starting to sprout and grow, you know, spring is kind of around the corner. So it grows up, right? And we're in Mother's Day and I'm out there cutting Bupleurum. Well, the ones that are the most mature and ready to cut in those clusters are the first ones I'm cutting. And when I'm cutting, which I usually tend to cut them at ground level just because I'm always looking for the most stem length, I'm thinking to myself, now, neighbor, plant, you have more room to grow more and expand more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you're thinning, but you're just doing it later in the process. And it's really a benefit to the succession component of your plantings. Your harvesting almost becomes an act of thinning. Exactly. All right. So let's say someone does want to try planting successions in winter or very early spring. What's the problem with direct seeding outdoors at that time? It's too cold for us. Um, so you can sow the seeds outside and they'll just lay there dormant waiting for their optimal conditions. But most often those don't happen until much, much later in the season and you miss your opportunity. So the reason we don't sow Bupleurum indoors in the fall is because my grow room is much too warm at that point in time, right? So that's why we wait till it's cooler outside. So in the January, like right now, uh, when we're recording this, um, my grow room, at least at the floor level, because there's concrete on the floor, it is much cooler in there um, than it is during the growing season. So we actually sow them indoors and we have found a really great trick to, uh, to trick the seeds into germinating indoors quickly and efficiently. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. That was going to be my next prompt. <laughs> So what we do is we use plug trays um, just because it's easier to manage them than it is to do soil blocks. Plus we put multiple seeds um, per cell and that just works better in plug trays. So we fill plug trays, 128s, with regular, the same potting soil that I use for sunflowers, 50-50 compost and um, potting mix. We fill them, we water it in really well, and then we plant three, two to three, sometimes even four seeds per cell. And we just sprinkle them on the surface. We do not cover them because remember, Bupleurum technically needs darkness to germinate, which usually the way you get that effect is you cover them with soil. We're not going to cover them with soil inside. Small seeds being sown indoors, 
that get covered with soil kind of struggle to get the oxygen they need to germinate sometimes. And that's what typically can prevent Bupleurum from really germinating well indoors. So we sow the seeds on the surface, being sure they're firmly seeded. Bobo does that by putting two or three seeds and then just push, pushes on the top of the cell with her finger to be sure they're seeded. We sow the entire tray and then we take an empty plug tray, turn it upside down and just place it on top of that tray and just scoot it over in the corner of the room, sitting on the cold concrete floor and normally just don't even lift that tray to water or do anything for seven to 14 days. It depends on your conditions, how quickly it happens. But for us at about day 10, we lift the tray and it's like the gift of a lifetime. There are so many baby bupleurums just sprouting and ready for to go outside and get under light. And we, I mean, depends on how much bupleurum you need. We used to do it once a week for sometimes four months um, if we had the, the, the labor to actually do it. Um, but that's how we succession plant bupleurum. And I think that is an important point that when you're leaving that tray in cooler temperatures, which is what the bupleurum wants, you don't need to be watering it every day. You don't want the seeds to rot by adding too much moisture. And that's why it's just key to water that tray really well before you sow the seeds. Because again, it's just like cool flowers. Why cool flowers are kind of lower maintenance than summer flowers. When the ground is cool, it just doesn't dry out very quickly. And being on that cool concrete floor, it's just not drying out very quickly. So you, it's just not necessary to risk watering. Yeah. And we do also have an episode all about direct seeding in very early spring. If there are some flowers you're struggling with that say they want to be direct seeded, but you actually want to plant successions. And that was episode 20. If you want to hear us talk through and troubleshoot some of those concerns there. And also remember that the freezing trick still does apply. Even if you're sowing mm -hmm. indoors, that still is very helpful there. I mean, don't you, it's just, feels like we just store the lion's share of those cool flowers in the freezer. You know what I mean? Why right. not just keep them in there, right? Right. All right, let's move on to talking about some succession planting tips. Lisa, your last frost date is mid-April and you're in zone 8A, so Bupleurum is winter hardy for you. Like I mentioned, it's winter hardy to USDA zone 5, so you direct seed in the fall. And then when do you start up with these Bupleurum successions indoors in the wintertime. And why are you starting so early? To get the earliest, to get just a real consistent supply of bouquet filler is really what it's all about. Um, so typically we would start, um, we begin seed starting um, right after we come out of the Christmas holidays. So the 1st of January. And you could start earlier, but we just don't start seeds in December. We take that month off, right? So early January, we start. Whether that means you want to do it every week or every two weeks or every three weeks. And what I have typically found, um, I kind of try to keep my eye on the trend of what they're feeling like the weather pattern is going to be. Because for us, where we are, typically we go straight from winter straight into summer. We don't have a lot of spring-like weather here. We go straight from, you know, 50 degrees all day long to 85 degrees. So what that means is that in years that we just are going to rush into an early spring, I might not plant as many successions of Bupleurum because I know they're just going to get 
you know, smoked before they can really grow up. But right. on those years that we do actually have a great spring, you know, meaning cool temperatures and it just goes on. I've had Bupleurum till July before, which is priceless in the flower farming world. So I try to keep my ear to the ground. You know, I mean, you look at all those farmers almanac and all those predictions and I don't take anyone over another. It's like, what are, what's the vibe feeling like? Is it going to be an early spring coming? If it is, then gosh, I'm just going to, you know, really plant a lot of bupleurum and ride this out. But if it's an early summer, you know, I might stop earlier. And how long would you say it is from sowing the seeds in your trays to when they get transplanted out? Oh, good question. So when we uncover the trays in the grow room to find sprouted seedlings, they need to grow in the grow room for a couple of weeks, usually, just to get enough, get their get their legs about them before you put them outside to face wind and all that kind of stuff on our carport. Um, so I would say a couple of weeks after they're uncovered in the grow room, and then probably a couple of weeks outdoors on the carport. Um, and because you want a decent size, but again, we're planting that entire cluster together as one. So it's not like you have to separate them. They give each other um, support by doing that. Um, and yeah, so I'd say about four weeks. And that's a good point. You don't need to separate the little seedlings out in each plug. They can just be planted as a clump. And then how do you space those clumps out in your beds? So it's planting transplants. And my transplant general rule is four rows in a 30 inch wide bed and um, six inches between the plants in the row. And that's what I follow with those clusters. And then in terms of frequency, you mentioned you can start them as often as weekly if it's something mm -hmm. you really need. Yeah. I mean, for our florist, they literally would take 10 bunches of bupleurum every week. It's like bupleurum is like the sunflowers that come into play later in the season. It's a staple plant stem for them. And to have good quality, consistent supply really helps them in a lot of different ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just all about what your demand is. And then you have to have the labor to make it actually happen. So this is something you're just going to have to experiment with in your conditions to see how long you can stretch your bupleurum season. What's the signal to you, Lisa, that this isn't working? <laughs> you know, what, it, what happens to bupleurum when it's being grown in too warm of conditions? It blooms out at 12 inches tall. And we've had that happen, you know, but it's worth the risk. And also, you know, bupleurum is one of those little teeny flowers like the umbels um, that are just really beneficial to a lot of the beneficial creatures on our farm, you know, pollinators and lots of wasps, parasitic wasps. So if I've got the space, I'll just leave them go, um, you know, short, but yeah, that's the sign. They just get squatty. And it does depend on the weather in that particular year, what's happening. But for you, when do you generally stop planting bupleurum? Oh, probably the latest that I've ever planted it successful was April. But typically it's January that we start in January are planted in early March. Those that are planted in March have the highest success rate for us. Um, after that, it's a guessing game. So again, that's just something you'll have to experiment with in your particular climate. Yes.
Okay, well, that does it for this episode. I hope that helped some of you that were struggling with Buplerum germination and also gave you some tips about succession planting so you can extend the time period you get to enjoy this beautiful plant and beautiful flowers. And thank you so much for joining us again. Remember, you can request episode topics from us just like this one. This was an episode request. You can do that via the form linked in the show notes or over on YouTube. You can just leave a comment with a topic request and we will try to work it into the schedule. So thanks so much to everyone who has left ratings and reviews. And we always appreciate your likes and comments over on YouTube. And remember to subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. All right, friends, until we meet again, remember that spring is just around the corner. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, head over to thegardenersworkshop.com if you want to learn more about what Lane and I are up to. And until we meet again, ciao. Bye.